You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible. Who you do business with is more important than where they're located. Bank from the comfort of your own home with M-Prize Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory Podcast with Ken Swanson, Craig Stout, and Matt Lane. Coming to you on the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. You can find all of our channels covering all the local teams wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. Just search KCSN. And now, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. It's a live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. Member FDIC. See, it's a game week, technically. I'm very excited. Maddie. Lane is here, and Maddie, I have a question. Uh, yes. Did anybody really call you Maddie before we started doing that, or like, is this relatively new? Yes, uh, people did. Um, actually, funny story. Since you're asking, I guess I went like 23 years of my life with nobody really ever calling me that, and then a job that I had when I was 22, 23. All of a sudden, everybody started calling me Maddie there. And then uh, you guys also did after that. So, yeah, it did come on later in life, but you guys were not the first. Hi, you Craig. Were not my first, Craig. <laughs> no, okay. No, we're not doing that. No. No. Craig, you scout everyone. Things, but no. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. Maddie, all I heard there was that we're the most important people and we're the first ones to do it. So, very happy to bring that to the masses, buddy. You are half correct. thanks everybody that's jumped on already really appreciate you we're excited to be talking about a lot of different things today hit that like button hit that subscribe button uh we are going to have insane amounts of chiefs content insane amounts of shows you've already seen a few of the announcements uh of the kind of shows we have amateur hour is finally here at kc sports network we're very excited about that uh we haven't been hoping for that for a while um but that's the that's that's down the road here. Uh, this is a big week. Obviously, Chiefs are going to be playing a preseason game. Um, we'll get to that later in the week. But we have some more conversation about the Chris Jones discourse. And like I know we've done a lot of a lot of shows about this, but it is the most dominant storyline that is happening right now in Chiefs Kingdom. Uh, and there is new developments and little angles and com- comments that are happening across the board. You know, there, there seems to be a little new something popping up every single day with the whole Chris Jones narrative and conversation. And now we have quotes because Brett Veach has spoke to the media, I think multiple media outlets at this point, uh, about the Chris Jones contract situation. Uh, I think he had some quotes from Teicher and there's some quotes from uh, the KC Star. Uh, I'll just read. I, I'm not going to read. I have breaking okay. news. Oh, no. I have breaking news. Travis mm-hmm. Kelsey came in at number five on the NFL top 100 list. That's about four, three, four three. spots too low. But I do believe this was worth, this is worth, this is worth talking. Uh, no, no, I was leaving, I was leaving a little room for air. You can't be definitive. You want to, uh, yeah, you wanted to break up this Chris Jones conversation for the 50th time. I get it. Yes, but, please. Uh, and we didn't even start with the most important thing that's happened in the Chiefs world in the past week. We just skipped right over a suspension. To talk about Chris well, Jones, we'll again, get maybe. there. Yeah, we'll get there. And you guys talked about you guys talked about the suspension, uh, or uh, Maddie talked about the suspension on uh, Twenty One Questions, I believe, didn't you? Uh, 
thanks for listening, Kate. Um, we may have slightly dabbled a little bit of a tapping of a toe to check the temperature of that water. Okay. Well, we'll get there. We'll get there as well. Let's talk about the Chris Jones situation because Brett Veach has spoken. And that is always, you know, that's that's always a, a pretty substantial thing. Uh, a couple quotes here. And you can uh, get access to all of the KC Star content uh, by subscribing to them. One of the quotes that's out there about Chris Jones from Brett Veach. He's a great player and he wants a big contract. He deserves a big contract. And I don't think there's any surprises in that regard. But there's just some hurdles we have to work through in regards to how we can keep this thing going for the short term and long term. But we've never waited, wavered on. This is a guy that we want to exhaust all our efforts to get done because that's how much we think of him. Um, Interesting interesting quote there. It sounds very similar to what we heard with the Tyreek Hill stuff. Uh, I, I went back and tried to listen to a little bit of the Tyreek and there's some, you know, determined to get things done with, with Tyreek Hill. And I don't know. I, do you think there's some parallels there with the Tyreek Hill stuff at all? Uh, Craig, you're right. You look like eager to jump in. You have a thought there. Well, already. I mean, he addressed the Tyreek Hill stuff. Like he followed it up after that immediately and said, you have to keep in mind that when we did that and make that move with Tyreek, one of the determining factors was because there was an expected Chris Jones deal. And so to do Tyreek, there was a concern of would we be able to do Chris and so that was a moment of time, and it was before the draft, and we hit the reset button. So that's the conversation there. He's he's saying, listen, we're not trading Chris Jones now. We want him to be here long term. We understand that we told you the same thing about Tyreek Hill, but we made that move before the draft. We made that move in that moment of time. So, no, I don't get Tyreek Hill vibes from this. I, I, it's a completely different situation. For one thing, we don't have the agent of one of these players out there talking a lot, right? Yeah. It seems pretty quiet and pretty copacetic. Does seem like stuff's happening behind the scenes. Brett Beach said they've kind of they were talking daily and they've kind of given themselves a little bit of space, but that he knows September seventh is coming, so there's a deadline there that they've got to hit and they want to make a deal before then. So it definitely feels different there are timetables that are put out there there's a lot more sharing of brett beach is what's happening right now doesn't seem so guarded or anything like that and once again as we've stated on this podcast tons of times if they were going to let chris jones walk they would have traded him already they would have traded him well before the draft to make sure that they could equip themselves to try to replace him this year rather than let this hold out extend into the season I don't, I don't think the situations at all are similar. I mean, much to kind of Craig laid out there and to what Brett Veach is saying, the situations currently where it sits with Chris Jones and where it ended up with Tyreek Hill aren't similar. I can read into what I think the tone of the messages are and the kind of uh, what the feelings might be behind the words that are being said at least this moment in time, and I can't help but see or feel the similarities between the two. Like, I mean... I think it's coming close to the point where Tyree Kill was going to cost so much money that the team did not feel like they could do everything they wanted to financially around that and the other contracts they knew they had to have. It kind of sounds like the way Chris Jones is playing it right now in terms of what he's asking for, the team doesn't feel comfortable going anywhere to that number that he's asking for and their ability to build out the team. So we've said it all along. We don't think the chiefs are going to be the ones to budge, but like I just hearing Brett Veach talk the way he did, I feel even stronger 
about that. I don't think the Chiefs are going to have that much more wiggle room than whatever their current number is already. And if Chris Jones isn't wanting to come down to their number, that really might be all she wrote. I don't, the Chiefs don't sound desperate. Brett Veach does not sound like a guy that's just going to do whatever needs to be done to get Chris Jones back. It sounds like they kind of have a, this is how high we can go. And they probably have gotten to that point or pretty close and they're not going to go over it. Like they see their path. Oh, Maddie jumped out. He was so fired up about that take. He had to jump out for a second. <laughs> no, I, no, I, I, yeah, I, it, it doesn't like, and it's hard to read tone in some of the quotes that we've seen kind of spread out around various, you know, media entities. Maddie, you want to finish up that thought? Um, I, you know, I don't know when my mic cut out. I know the camera cut out. Um, so, uh, I mean, just more or less the point is I think the chiefs can see their path to building a team without Chris Jones. Like I think they have actively seen where they can go that way. They know I, how they can build this team out and they're mm-hmm. comfortable going that route if they need to. Um, that was kind of the vibes I got from, from Red Beach. It feels like, and it's crazy. Like they've won a Super Bowl. They, but they've, they've been operating in a very, in a place of comfort, I think with the Tyree kill situation, they had a plan. They went out and attacked it. They executed it perfectly. Um, and the fruits of that labor are still being revealed because you're seeing, you know, how, how well, you know, how well that class is developed just even further year over year. Sky Moore starting to get a little bit involved more and more, but, uh, yeah, it, it does seem like they're operating from a, a place of comfort that they've been for everyone. And I think it does. It, I'm not trying to read too hard into things, you know, because you don't know the exact numbers and how close people are. But we've seen the Chiefs walk from several guys recently. I mean, it's this is a trend now. You know, they set a line with Tyreek. They set a line with Orlando Brown Jr. They set a line with Tyron Matthew. Uh, and... They've probably they've been right in every every single decision setting that line. You, I mean, they've won a Super Bowl. That the 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 most difficult one was you know when we'll find out I guess on Orlando Brown Jr. A little yeah, bit. that's what I was gonna say. We don't know but, about that one yet. <laughs> and I, to be fair, I you know it doesn't sound like I mean Orlando Brown Jr. didn't get the same kind of money that no. the Chiefs were willing no. to give him. No. You, if you want so, to talk about it from a market perspective, yes, I'm I'm there. Yeah, so. I mean, they, they've they've operated they've operated pretty consistently. They're drawing lines, and I mean, Chris, this negotiation they've done this once before. Like, I think that's the thing I keep coming back to with all this is, I mean, the Chiefs had a line, Chris had a line. It took a little while to get things done. It seemed very up in the air for the longest time whether or not it was going to get done last time around. Finally, did. I mean, do you feel like that's where this is trending? Like where we sit today, Monday, August 7th, where do you feel? Uh, where do you feel this team stands? And do you think that Chris Jones is going to be a chief? I mean, this season, yeah. I don't I don't feel like there's any other options for this year other than he is a chief in place for them. But going forward, I, if he doesn't sign a contract before you know the deadline, if they don't sign an extension this year, he's not going to be a chief next year. No. I do not think he's going to hit open free agency and be a chief. Somebody will clearly come in and, and just pay him. I mean, right? Somebody's going to pay him more. The thing is, I don't. I'm I'm starting to feel like Chris Jones ain't coming down though. I'm feeling like Chris Jones doesn't want to budge either. I feel pretty confident the Chiefs don't want to budge. I, I don't know what these numbers are, right? Like, I don't know what each side is sitting at right now, but I'm starting to get the vibe. I'm starting to get the feeling that Chris Jones doesn't want to budge either. And if he's not going to move and the Chiefs aren't going to move, 
where are we going to go from here? Right. So I, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think right now, if I had, if I had to choose one, I don't think Chris Jones is going to get an extension or be with the chiefs beyond this season. I will say that Chris Jones has every right to ask for 27 to $30 million, just under Aaron Donald. He is coming off the best season of his career that he did all of the little things that the Chiefs asked him. He was third in defensive player of the year voting. He was an all pro. He was voted number 10 overall on the NFL top 100. Like that's the profile of a guy that is fully deserving of that kind of money. And I fully get why the Chiefs don't want to pay a 30, 31, 32-year-old defensive tackle who, I mean, he stayed healthy. Like, it's not like there's lingering health issues or anything like that. And he's definitely playing with the type of, you know, style that Joe Cullen and Steve Spagnuolo want him to play. But I completely get why they don't want to come up to that number. I completely get why Chris Jones wants that number. Chris Jones is going to be here week one. Um, I, I'm just going to say that if it, Get ready because this might be the last year that we see Chris Jones in a Chiefs uniform. I have one more Chris Jones thought, but we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Thanks for hanging out with us. It's uh, it's an exciting time to be talking about the Chiefs because the season is full in full swing. It's August 7th. The Chiefs play September 7th. And that's the stem uh, and the root of one of the quotes that I really want to talk about real quick. Before we move on from the quick Chris Jones discourse, we've been talking about Chris Jones here, obviously, uh, in his contract negotiations, Brett Veach has presented some quotes to several different media sources. This one comes from the KC star. You can read the full article uh, by subscribing there. Um, but on, just Brett Veach says you reach the point where you, I think both parties want to just kind of take a deep breath and reset a little bit. 
and then the talks become less frequent. But at the same time, I mean, the start of the season is September 7th. So by nature, they're going to have to heat up again. And like I said, that's why we're still optimistic. So deadlines make deals. Training camp is a natural deadline. Deal wasn't made. We are a, literally a month away from the season beginning. You hear Chris, you know, Andy Reid saying Chris, he hasn't talked to Chris Jones. You hear Brett Veach saying, you know, talks should start heating up again. The middle of training camp after Chris Jones has incurred $850,000 in fines. That's not great, by the way. That's, that's, that's not great that you guys need to, that two sides need to reset and that the talks need to start yeah. heating up again when you're in the middle of training camp. That's, that's the thing that just gives me a little bit of pause. Like, you know, we've seen these two teams come to come, come, come to agreements in the past. And like, I think that's the reason for hope, but man, they, you're running out of runway here. Chris needs to get in camp sooner rather than later to get ready for week one. And honestly, the longer this draws out, you know, the, the bigger, the risk of, you know, some kind of injury happening, you know, as you're, you know, you're not well, position physically to start the season like there's just there's difference in you know being in shape and being in football shape and you need a little bit of work here so obviously i'm not chris chris jones can probably walk on the field week one and be effective but you you know you're running some risks of you know injury the longer you're sitting out and and all that so i mean it's i don't know man it feels like well, it, it's tight that takes us to andy's comments too though i mean like andy's comments yeah. today it's not <laughs> It's not so much just of what he said, which, you know, was also pretty telling, but it was kind of how he said it. It was a direct like, hey, yeah, he could use to be here. Like, you know, it wasn't like, I mean, he's like saying he needs to come in there. For, like, I think, lest we forget what last offseason was probably Chris Jones' first full offseason, full training camp uh, since he signed his new deal, right? Because he held out, he got on the new deal um, and then was COVID the year right after that. And then yeah. this last training camp. So this was like, coming off his first full training camp under this new deal, which got prolonged a little bit because there were ebbs and flows to his game. I don't want to say conditioning concerns, but there were times where Chris Jones clearly took plays off earlier in his career. We didn't have those concerns last year. He didn't show up on film. We've talked about it ad nauseum at this point in time, how good he was versus the run, how he gave 100% all the time. I don't, I'm not saying it's the only reason, but it also might not be a coincidence that that's coming off the back of a full training camp after, you know, he's kind of working at 100%. So it's just, yeah, Andy's saying he could be there. Andy's tired of answering these questions. This is the second time in his career that Chris Jones has made Andy answer these questions for a team that has Super Bowl aspirations and doesn't want to deal with questions about if they're going to pay a defensive player. Like, that's the last thing Andy wants. So, um, so yeah, I think that it's, uh, I think that it's interesting to note that Brett Veach was getting, you know, kind of, had some targeted things to say, and then just Andy Reid seems to be kind of fed up with it at this point in time. That doesn't mean it can't be repaired. That doesn't mean if they come to an agreement, all will be fine. But I do think it's worth sliding in the back of your mind, like, okay, it seems like some people might kind of be over it at this point in time. Yeah, uh, over it is, is definitely Andy Reid's. Uh, anything outside of just talking about football at training it could be literally anything he's over charles amenahue's suspension already he's over last year's suspensions and contract negotiations and everything like that all he wants to do is stand up there make some cheeseburger jokes talk about football hang out have a good time this is a distraction for him and so yeah he is very fed up he's very frustrated 
those comments come out. Brett Veach almost immediately in the media. I'm sure he had this planned. I don't think this is an actual coincidence, but telling basically the opposite, not not exactly, but similar to the opposite. Andy Reid saying any work that he can get will help him. Yeah, it's it's a pretty fast game, referring to the NFL, referring to he might not get up to speed. Brett Veach comes out and says, listen, he's in great shape. We know he's gonna, he's a veteran. We know he's gonna take care of himself. We're not worried about it, that sort of thing. A little bit of a difference for Andy Reid sitting there going, we need him here. We want him here. He's got to be here. Even He so needs to be that, here. He needs to be here. Even so much so that, like, I feel like, and, and I mean, if Chris Jones is there, they've got this extra runway. They've got all this time out there. Guys, I'm going to ask you, ask you this question. Do you think Turk Wharton is back already? Or do you think that this is a little bit response to, Hey, I'm getting my legs up underneath me. I I'm probably going to be on a little bit of a pitch count coming in, but we need the bodies in here. And I want to show I'm a team player. I'm willing to get out there. I'm willing to be there week one. And there's going to be no question about who can play three tech for this team because I'm here and I'm ready to play. Uh, I want I I want to honor that question really quick but i someone is asking some questions about void years when it comes oh. to chris jones contract i think that's really interesting um youtube user it might be time for casey to consider avoidable year on a contract so consider is the right word when it comes to this and what a void year is it basically allows you to spread a signing bonus uh across more years to spread out that cap hit um I the Chiefs haven't used it because you can also incur dead money as a result of it. And the Chiefs have been dead set on avoiding dead money. They've been very good about avoiding dead money. It seems like a strategy that they are employing. I don't know. I mean, it would be if extra, extenuating circumstances, you know, could, you know, help support that. But you also have to have the cash to give the signing bonus to spread over multiple years as well. And so that's another piece you got to consider as well is how much cash are this. I don't know if it's avoidable years kind of deal as much as it is maybe a cash deal, you know, how much guaranteed are they willing to give? So I don't know. Maddie, you look chomping at the bit. So putting void years onto a 30 plus year old defensive tackle. One of the few positions that falls off as hard as possible at that age that sounds like a disaster waiting to happen. Um, so no, I would I would not do that. And I I don't think the Chiefs want to. I think the Chiefs have a lot of money they have to pay to other positions that doing void years or something you're going to do at the end of this run. You want to start stashing void years at the end of Patrick Mahomes' career? Fine, because there's going to be a fall off anyway. I definitely don't think you do it anywhere close to the middle like they are in right now. I think that would be disastrous. Yeah, who are we, the Bills? No. No, there's no desperation here. This team is winning Super Bowls. They don't need to kind of throw that money into the future here. They're they're good. They're good. One more quick comment before we move on, Chris Jones, and then we get into the Turk Wharton discussion. Diana Rossini last Friday or on Friday, and it's it's interesting. Monday comes along, we get all these quotes. Right? It was actually Thursday, Kent. Thursday, sorry. Uh, my days are all running together because no, Thursdays don't exist for Kent. They just no, they he has a six he has a six day week. I have good news for you guys. I will be on a Thursday show this week. 
Actually, no, Maddie won't be on Maddie's the Patreon. That's great because I won't be here. Yeah, you had to be. Um, Diana Rossini talking about how the Chiefs were surprised that Chris Jones was holding out amidst all these quotes about the timeline and you know, hey, you know, we're running out of time. Things should start heating up really quick. I don't know if Andy likes being surprised. I don't really, I don't really take Andy Reid for a guy that likes being surprised. So that's my last thought on that. I just, I don't know. I just, it doesn't, doesn't seem great. But we'll see. Maybe they, maybe they put all this aside and come to, come to terms on a deal. Turk Wharton, back to that Turk Wharton. You kind of asked if the timeline was getting sped up a little bit because of, you know, maybe maybe their need for him to be back in the mix. I don't think they're speeding up Turk Wharton's process because that is such a tough injury to come back from. And I think they're just, I think he's ready. I think he's ready to start getting some work. Obviously I think they want him involved sooner rather than later, but I don't think that they want to jeopardize the, you know, the rehabilitation process for Turk Wharton just because of the Chris Jones situation. However, I mean, good on Turk for getting back and putting in the work to be here and be in that situation. It sounds like he's been getting run with the run with the ones already, um, as he should be. I mean, he should no be. offense. <laughs> no no offense. Stiffest of competition. No man. offense to Daniel Wise, man, but nah, we're it, you, yeah. Turk should Turk should step in just fine. I hope people. I look. I like. I'm not gonna dunk on Daniel Wise or Mm-mm. Matt Dickerson, but they're not making the team. And that's not dunking. That's just do the math. Like, I don't think either of those guys are making the team. And if they are, it's because something happened. Uh, I mean, if Chris Jones ain't there, one of them is making the team. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to lob that one out there. If there's not, if Chris Jones yeah. is not there, then yes, one of them makes a team. But I agree. I, good for Tershawn Wharton being back. No, I don't think that the team is rushing him back based on what's happening with Chris Jones. Do I think that maybe he is trying to get back even faster, knowing that there's a potential void of playing time? Sure. He sees this as, I mean, he he would be silly if he didn't see this as a ticket to him making more money on the potential chance of getting more playing time, a chance to showcase what he can do uh, on a higher level or more frequently than what he's had in the past. So like, if it's up to him, yeah, this is his best chance to showcase that he deserves more money himself. So maybe he's not rushing himself, but trying to get back as fast as he can, but the team would not sacrifice his health. I don't believe based on this Chris Jones thing, nor by the way, we're going to talk about in a second. I'm just going to throw it in here too. Nor do I think the chiefs are going to read into a Charles O'Minihu suspension and throw all their money at Chris Jones based around six games. (laughs) Those are just two things that, yeah, I don't think this team is making those short-sighted moves. No. And Turk Warren actually started last season really well for him. I, I think that, you know, he it kind of gets a little bit lost in the shuffle because he didn't start any games, only played in five games, had like 140 snaps or something like that. But he had four QB hits, he had six hurries, and he had a sack. To put that in perspective, that tied the most QB hits of his career in seasons that he played 16 and 17 games. Hmm. That was up there in his hurries as well. And He's only ever had two sacks in a season. He was starting really well. You know, we talk all the time about Joe Cullen and what he means to this defensive line and how Mike Dana progressed and everything like that. Turk Wharton is a guy that would have likely had the best season of his career last year. So, yes, it makes sense for him to try and get back 
the reps are there, Cullen's there still. Like all of that just kind of checks out to try and make sure that he can contribute to this team as much as possible. And again, Chris Jones is going to be there week one, but I think the extreme number of snaps that we maybe saw Chris Jones play last year, if the Chiefs aren't looking to re-sign him, they might try and sort out Turk Wharton a little bit more to A, get a better eye on him, see if they need to sign a guy like that going forward. He's only 25 years old. And B, try and keep Chris Jones performing at his maximum in a potential contract year to, if they decide to, trade him next offseason if they're not going to get to a deal. More on the defensive line right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. What's good, everybody? It is Ben Heisler from Benny and the Bets here on KCSN. And if you are ready to go the distance and improve your golf game like I am in the process of doing, I want you to head on over to PXG right here in Kansas City and take the PXG Gen 6 Driver Challenge. They are confident in the Gen 6 that they're putting their money where their mouth is. If their Gen 6 driver does not deliver more distance, more carry and roll, higher dispersion compared to your current driver when you go in for a fitting, they got you covered with a $100 MasterCard reward card. That's it. Going for a driver fitting. See if your driver is up to their driver. And if it is, you get a $100 MasterCard reward card in the process. This is an unbelievable opportunity to upgrade your game with a custom fit PXG fitting. I've had it at the Kansas City store with Alex. It was one of the great experiences I've had in a golf fitting period. So take the PXG Gen 6 driver all throughout the month of August and get ready to hit those fairways with confidence. So visit your local Kansas City store or head on over to pxg.com for all the terms and conditions. PXG. Nobody makes golf clubs the way we do, period. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and feel free to leave a five-star review for KC Sports Network's podcast channel. Helps us grow all the channel channels that we have. It's helping us grow and find more Chiefs fans. Uh, really appreciate everybody that has been supporting hey, it. Can, sure. Here's a bit that we do on Thursday shows. When you ask someone to leave a five-star review, you need to tell them what to talk about in that five-star review. So do you have any ideas of what you think, what kind of comments they should leave in the five-star review? Now, people, you can leave a good review, a bad review, whatever. Just make it five stars, and then Ken's going to tell you what else to put in that review right now. Oh, I don't want to be put on the spot right now. Uh, cool Ranch Doritos or Nacho Cheese Doritos? Pick. I want to I want to know which one you which one you prefer. How about that? I guess this is why he's been on vacation, man. <laughs> I, this is <laughs> some would say I'm still I still am. I was for that on the spur of the moment uh, thought. Uh... <laughs> why do not do that? Saying, tell us what you miss both most about Kim no, on Thursday. We're that's trying to get much better. That's much better. Put that in your five star reviews, please. Kids, we're trying to get the reviews, five buddy. star five reviews. reviews. Yeah, I was saying we're trying to get five star reviews Holy here. Man. You're gonna get one star right. reviews if you're not careful. Uh, leave a one star review, everybody. Please don't do that. Um, back to the defensive line, though. Um, you know, Charles Amenahue. I know Maddie briefly touched on it. Apparently, maybe did for 30 seconds. Uh, that's nice. Yeah, Good on you. Out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, great job, Tucker. 
<laughs> we had more pressing things to talk about on 21 questions okay was it the realignment or was it like something else we spent a lot of time talking about which players should or should not be in the hall of fame and oh, no. yes maybe a little bit of time about realignment okay all right well uh we'll spend some time talking about charles amenahue's six game suspension the chiefs uh and indy andy reconfirms this chiefs have known this for a while uh charles amenahue has known this for a while that there was some kind of suspension coming down it's almost like that might have had a bearing on the kind of contract that he was able to sign this offseason and perhaps the chiefs you know took that in consideration in their negotiations with him uh because he's going to be missing a third of his of a season so Chiefs signed him for a two-year deal, $18 million with incentives up to $6 million. I believe he's basically mathematically incapable of achieving one of those incentives this year because he has to hit 66% of his snaps, but he's missing over a third of the games. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not laughing. I am laughing a little bit, but uh, it's not really a laughing matter. But the Chiefs are the Chiefs are going to be in a position where they're not going to have Charles Amenehu for the first six games of the season. I would be stunned if Chris Jones is not in the mix uh, by week one. I don't think Chris Jones is missing game check checks. I think if it gets to that point, it, I think we're a week or two away from it's just, we can't come to terms. Chris is coming in. Chris is going to play this thing out. He's going to go ball out. And then he's going to go make a billion dollars from the Chicago bears next year. Uh, thanks for the draft pick. Ryan pulse, maybe two draft picks, maybe Gervin Dexter in a draft pick. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but, <laughs> but um yeah i mean this team's gonna be in a weird spot early on in the year and that's the opportunity for the rest of this defensive line to step up early in the season uh no i don't think chris jones i agree with Matt. i don't think chris jones has i don't think this changes the negotiations on a a hundred million dollar contract i don't think you make a hundred million dollar decisions on six games but um it's gonna force a lot of other people to step up you know, it, it's going to, it might, it might cost, it might have this, it might require the scheme to step up a little bit. Steve Spagnuolo might have to throw a few more blitzes at, at people, but we're talking about the defensive line that they're hoping can get home without those blitzes. Um, What do you think about the rest of the group outside of, oh, I don't know the two, the Chiefs two best defensive linemen, Matthew. Well, um, you're saying that the rest of the defensive lines have to step up or especially the defensive end room. Second year, George Karloftis. Mike Dana, rookie King Felix, Malik Herring, like who's who's stepping up? <laughs> who's who's stepping up? Like this defensive line is kind of needs Charles O'Minihue to look like it's going to compete with even what last year's brought, right? The loss of the loss of Frank Clark, the loss of Carlos Dunlap. You kind of need him you need that veteran presence you need the guy that kind of plays with his attitude and his ability to kind of cover that gap if they don't have him that's looking not great like that's not a good look for a defensive line especially if you consider that chris jones at this point in time might be coming into walking into his first like week of football activities with the chief with the chiefs this season going into that game and you have tershawn wharton returning from injury you have chris jones getting his first week of action you're missing the guy slated to be your top defensive end like that could be a pretty bad looking defensive line going into the first couple games of the season. I, I thought even with Chris Jones and Ominihue, this defensive line needed some depth. I thought they were still a little lacking. They could have used a defensive end or defensive tackle that was going to play significant snaps too. 
Now, with Dominique out for the first six games and Chris Jones just being a little bit more, not that he won't play, but just his level of readiness being up in the air, they desperately need probably a guy for both that you feel confident in. And I don't know if they have anybody on the roster, like depth players in the roster that are ready to step up. They're all really young, unproven guys. Okay. I'm going to walk us back off the ledge here. I'm I'm, going to walk us back here. Good luck. George Karloftis looks even better than he did last year. And he put in the work last year with Bobby Stroop, with, with Frank on the sides and everything like that. He looks really good. And he's chalking that up a lot to working with Tom Bahali, working, you know, with the Gracie BJJ stuff, you know, the handwork, the hand fighting. And Maddie, you even made the comment that we we've seen a little bit of that in the OLDL one-on-ones that the hand fighting is so much improved. It's it, it, go on. Yeah. It looks, yeah, see what it looks like Tom, but yeah, you know, it looks like Tom Bahali. And I, I mean, there's clearly still plenty of work to do, but he has, he, his hands move like Tom Bahali does. You can tell that's a guy he's trained with that. You know, Tom Bahali has very good hands. Doesn't mean George Karloff is going to be as good. It's just, you can tell he works with them and how he works his chops, how he works his swipes. It's very much the wax on, wax off. Everything is shown and then pulled away and it comes back around rather than just going straight into him. So yeah, you can see it and you can see the yeah. improvement. Yeah, absolutely. That And that's what Andy Heck teaches his offensive lineman too. The kind of wax on, the, the kind of swipe down move there. That's a positive. I, I think that we're going to see an even better version of George Karloftis. I think we're going to see the version of George Karloftis that we saw at the end of the year turned up a bit, which is great because Chris Jones is still going to be there. Even if he's not the Chris Jones that he was at the end of last year, immediately he's still going to draw attention. George Karloftis is still going to see one-on-ones. We are seeing the speed of some of these young guys, of, of King Felix, of BJ Thompson, give these offensive tackles a lot of trouble. They they really are giving them a lot of trouble right now. It may be situational that we see those guys in a pass rush maneuver there, but it's going to be effective. I really do think that they are going to be on the field and they're going to be able to contribute. I think that this almost makes, you know, both of those guys locks for week one active rosters with Charles Lamenehu out because it just makes too much sense to retain some of those guys. And then you're seeing Joshua Kendo look better like he's running with the ones and the twos right now and he's starting to take some of those steps that we had hoped that he would have taken last year now all of those guys were saying there's a lot of hope there i'm putting a lot of maybe this will happen there but that's kind of what it was last year outside of frank clark and carlos dunlap this is going to be best for the future of this defensive line Getting these guys these reps. This first six weeks, when we see the Chiefs offense come out of the gate like gangbusters, they bust out a whole bunch of stuff that Andy Reid's been itching to get on the field for a little bit here. They're scoring a ton of points. Steve Spagnuolo's defense maybe gives up a little bit more because, you know, they're missing some guys. This is a very common tale in the Patrick Mahomes, Steve Spagnuolo era. And then as a Charles Omenihu gets back, as these guys grow into the role a little bit towards the end of the year, those first six weeks where those young guys are playing so much are going to pay dividends at the end of the year and going to pay dividends next year when they become the more featured guys. Nate Taylor today got this quote or uh, reporting from Andy Reid's press conference with Charles Omenihu's suspension. Andy Reid said he believes right now that the Chiefs have enough quality defense events for the start of the regular season. Uh, this is about the time I think last year we saw Carlos Dunlap signing. Uh, if I remember correctly, it was a little bit into the, it was a little bit into training camp. If I remember correctly, right? Am I wrong on that? Looking, 
I'm okay. looking. Keep going. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm looking. It was July Anyways. 28th last okay. year. July 28th. Yeah. So barely into training camp. Last barely year. into camp. He got he got most of the padded most of the padded work done in camp. Okay. So a little, yeah, he was a little bit into training camp. I he like Andy's saying the right things about this group. Now who knows what happens? Maybe he's going to add another veteran. But I mean, they just have too many interesting guys. He's just got too many interesting guys right now. I think with 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 George Karloftis. With with uh, Felix and DK Zama, maybe maybe Josh Kando is something. Maybe BJ Thompson can be something early. The only thing with BJ Thompson is like I don't know about Week One just because the the Lions can run the football a little bit. Sure, sure, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know about Felix for Week One because the Lions can run the football. I don't know about George Karloff this Week One yeah. because the Lions can run the football. I mean, All right, so Malik Herring and Mike Dana, baby, here we go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, uh, one interesting quote or one. One interesting stack I got uh, I got from Jason Anderson here because uh, you're just you were you were talking about George Karloftis. Mm-hmm. Uh Weeks twelve through eighteen, George Karloftis had five and a half sacks, seven tackles for loss, fifteen tackles. He's one of seven players in the NFL with those numbers in the final seven weeks. Those other six: Chris Jones, Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett, Cam Hayward, Josh Sweat, JJ Watt. Yeah, uh, I'm not saying that George Kalaftis is J.J. Watt, but he did definitely finish that season strong. He made market improvements as the season went on. That you have being to caveat said, that, though. I think uh, none of those sacks came before like two and a half seconds into the play. One of them did. One of his like entire sacks. I'm just, Kalaftis was so good down the stretch last year that he was being benched for Carlos Dunlap and Frank Clark as the Chiefs got in the playoffs, right? Like he played less snaps than them as they went to their home stretch. And now it's his second year. He will improve. We already talked. I mean, Craig talked about it. It's just, I, for me, I think Charles O'Minihue in this defense, part of this defense being better than last year's is centered around Charles O'Minihue is going to raise the ceiling and the floor of the defensive end room. Like, right. He's going to come in and he is going to be the guy. If you're missing him, that's a, that's a scary thought for me. Like that's where I get a little scared. I don't know if I'm ready to buy into the rookies plus second year, George Karloftis, really making a notable impact so like that's where my nerves come in and and the chiefs like are going of, six and oh because of patrick mahomes and i love the, <laughs> the talent that they have there but like if the option is to play josh kando or bj thompson or somebody like that or bring carlos dunlap back please bring carlos dunlap back and don't risk having the defensive line stall out when we've seen this defense under you know the past couple years really struggle it's when they can't get pressure and they have to blitz and then teams start to pick up on it this team doesn't really have any pass rushers besides chris jones right like felix is a pass rusher but i wouldn't you know he's a rookie we don't know what that's going to look like george carloff this i wouldn't classify as a pass rusher he's a good defensive end pro- like player he's developing but i don't know if he was ever a pass rusher he's more of an all-around defensive end if they can't get pressure with four, you know, and they're running up against that wall, that's where things get scary. So, yeah, I would take a Dunlap over some of these young guys whose talent I like overall. Six games is a lot. It is. It is. And I get that. And there, there's worry there. But I do feel like the Chiefs play feel like they're playing with a little bit of house money. They won the whole damn thing last year. They've still got a lot of the pieces that can kind of continue to push them over the line as well. And I feel like if we hadn't have gone through maybe some of the previous Steve Spagnolo starts, that this team might be a little more panicked. For instance, in 2021, this team gave up 29 points, 36 points, 30, 30, 38, and finally 
held the Washington football team to 13 points in their first six games. Sweet. I don't for a second feel like this team is going to be that level of bad. I think they've got too much talent on the second level. I think they got way too much talent in the defensive back room. Yeah, they might get picked on a little bit more than maybe they will at the end of the season. But I feel like this is the time, because they're playing with house money, because they're not having to go full bills and go all in, that they're just going to be like, we're going to let the young kids learn. And we don't want somebody in there blocking and taking their snaps. We'll take our lumps. We know full well that December's when we want to get back there. Carlos Dunlap ain't going anywhere. Like, he's still going to be around in the middle of October if they need him. Get Charles Amenehu back in the mix here and just see what they got, you know, about week seven, eight, nine. Then if you need to go pick up these guys that we're talking about, they're still on the street. Hey, go ahead and do it then. Three and three in those first six games of the season. And Matty always says if Tyreek Tyreek Hill opens the right way on the goal line, the Chiefs are probably winning the Super Bowl that (laughs) season. Or if he just runs to the pylon. Even if you want to open the throw, just run to the pylon. Yeah. You know, just just a simple thing like that. Uh, Anything you guys guys want to mention about the defensive line before we get out of here? Yeah, this was asked to Tucker and I on 21 questions, and we kind of answered it, but I wanted to also say here, uh, the Chiefs have under a million dollars in cap space right now. The way the NFL works, you can sign guys to vet minimum. So like they could sign any defensive lineman that's out there available right now, I believe, to the vet minimum. And with the way the exception works, it would knock off. It would work. They would be able to sign a person to vet minimum. Anything above that, though, they do have to make space. They don't have a lot of good options to make space. Prince Tiga Winogo actually might be one of the few guys that you could cut and it would, it doesn't save you a lot of money, but it saves you some, I mean, you get back enough money that you can maybe offer a not a, you know, something above a vet minimum contract. They really don't have much else outside of him. Uh, Kendall Blanton oddly actually could save them over a million dollars if he doesn't make their roster. So like there's, there's two guys that can get you a little bit of money, but you would you, have to get rid of both of those players to sign Carlos Dunlap to the same contract he had last year. I think there's like maybe a couple guys you could look at restructuring. You could tra- I know you could trade Clyde yeah. Edwards Alaire. I mean, there's no. you can maybe Somebody do something. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. But see, that's the thing. All the players that we're talking about are either logical cuts or you're trying to force a trade or you're trying like those okay. are the spots that this organization wants to be in to try and piece together enough money to sign a veteran defensive end. All right. So I think the two, all right, I'll just look, how, how would you guys feel about getting into bed farther with Marquez Valdez Gantling? No. Okay. All right. Moving on. <laughs> uh, how would you guys feel about doing something to restructure or rework Travis Kelsey's deal? Cause I think that's the logical addition. I think I mean, that's the one. Could you re-sign him? You could re-sign him. You could do something. The, I think they the could... cap hit a little bit. Patrick has been very uh, vocal about making sure Travis gets his money uh, this offseason. So maybe there's a deal that could be in the works there too. I, I would be fine with that. What about Justin Reed? I got to see him one more year. I, I think I, I got to see, see him that. one more year. I yeah. think I want to see the improvement because I – I don't think he would do it for a not markedly better deal than he's currently on. I feel like he thinks he's getting better. So you would have to be paying him on the concept of him getting better. And I would like to see that return coming in first. Okay. Those are the, I think those are a few of the 
potential avenues that you could utilize though. Like, I think those are the, like probably Travis, like I, I feel like they could do, I think they could do something with Travis. Like if they could go to the Travis well and, and figure that out. So, um, I don't know. There's, there's not a ton of great ways to, you're right. There's not a ton of great no. ways to make space. The- the best, honestly, was Mike Dana was where they would save the most. And they have absolutely no ability to do that now. Like, not that they ever would have, but like he was the only guy that you realistically could look at and say you could probably replicate what he brings and save a semi-substantial amount of money, but not with Omenihue's, you know, suspension going in, not with the uncertainty around the rest of that defensive line. There's zero chance you can do that. So yeah, no, there's there's nobody that they're gonna really use this fight to save money. Yeah. Plus, if Mike Dana has one more good year, that's back-to-back really good ones, there's going to be a team that's just like, yeah, no, he's just stuck in a weird rotation there in Kansas City. Give me that man. We're going to pay him a lot of money. So he absolutely yeah. should not sign a deal that's not like a really good defensive end deal for him right now. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Any other thoughts on the defensive line before we get out? Craig, did you have anything else you want to get to? No, Patrick Mahomes is number one overall in the NFL Top 100, just like we all knew before this list even started. I think that's the first year he's been it, though. Nope. Second. No? Second. Second. I can't believe uh, Lamar Jackson shouldn't have been number one anyways, but that's another story. It doesn't matter. That list doesn't matter. He has no rings. Patrick Mahomes has two. That's going to do it for the Casey. That's going to do it for the Casey Laboratory. Toby Harris, sign him. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Educate inform KC Sports Network.